Morning, Jarvis. Good morning, Commander. How we doing? The ship's systems have been checked and are okay. Have I got any emails? Yes, two. What's the first email? From Alvin DeFear. Grr woof woof grr. Translating, please wait. Is Thursday's Studio 5 recording completed? What's the second one? From M. Stryker. Sorry Ventura, but I am unable to meet with you this weekend. Something has come up. We'll talk to you next month. Okay, back to the main menu. Uh, can you get the latest edition of the Hot Orbital Radio News Digest? Thanks. Right, play it when you have it. Please wait. Searching. Searching. Found. Loading. Now playing. Good evening. Tonight's show is sponsored by Limpet Chef TM from Commander El Nevio. But first, a word from our sponsors. Do you have an excess of almost new but unexpectedly expired limpets? Do you wish you could recycle those limpets into something productive and with the ability to make tasty treats so you can banish those space rations out of the airlock? Then here is the solution for you. Turn your old limpet into a charbroiler. You can even convert an unused limpet if you're feeling flush. Warning, may avoid warranty. That's right. Whether you want to braise your witch hole Kobe beef, glaze your giant Irukama snail, or marinade your albino Quechua mammoth meat, the limpet chef, TM, can do it all. But that's not all. If you're feeling too lethargic or are simply busy cleaning your palate with Megagin, then for a few extra credits, Ox conversion rates to be announced, you can add an optional Auto Chef model to your ship. Utilizing your Olympus existing wiring, your Olympus Chef TM will retrieve your chosen delicacy direct from your cargo rack. Prepare it to your requirements, then cook chin. The Olympus Chef TM is available at all good outlets, and even some that aren't that good. Reserve yours now. Our scene this week starts by the side of a Parks Type 7. A pair of likely-looking truckers are walking back towards it, dressed in their closest approximation of a farmer's outfit. Dungarees, boots, and a straw hat. As they pass through one field, they're musing on the origin of their food. But where does steak actually come from on the cow? It's rump. You mean those laying on the grass? But that's just recycled bio-waste. No, you'll carve it from its rump. Doesn't the cow mind? Not if it's dead, it doesn't. Oi, you there! Hands off my chicken! I thought it was a cow, my good woman. No, that's under his arm. You've stolen my chicken. Eh? Still? His chicken just followed me. What's it doing under your arm, then? It got tired, so I carried it. A likely story. Now put it down. Well, it'll run away. Got to, to the count of three before I give you both barrels. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> now, where did this chicken follow you from? That farmhouse uh, over there. <laughs> now, what you've made me do? I've shot the chicken. We're ever so sorry. Are you the farmer? How could you tell? Well, she's got farm all over her. I love you. No, I was just mucking out. Mucking about? We haven't got time for mucking about. There's a famine on. No, shoveling manure from the animals. But what about my chicken? 
We're really very sorry. Look, here, have some money for your chicken. You do take void opals, don't you? Mighty fine of you, sirs. Are you the new farmhands? Uh, you could say that. We're here on a mission. What mission's that, then? Well, we're here making more food. There's a shortage in Deso. Tell you what, you help my girl here move that cow, and I'll get on with plucking this for our dinner. Bertha? Bertha? Come here and move the cow. It's up time again. Coming, Mother. You look like two big strapping lads. Just what we need to help out. Him? Strapping? Arms like spaghetti. Useless. Hang on, hang on. Look. Feel that muscle. Me bicep. Not so hard. Ow! Now, who knows which way Hudden is from here? It's about there. Okay, you turn the cow and like that. No! Why does it matter which way the cow's facing? Is it one of those old wives' tales? Now, we plug it in here. Oh, oh, that makes my eyes water, that does. You tune it in, just pull on that teeth. Now, stick the pail on the other horn. That's it. We're ready. And mysteriously, the cow starts vibrating, and a strange voice comes from the general direction of the bucket stuck on one horn. Our mics are live. Wading through the piles of salt, peasants with pitchforks and flaming fiery firebrands. It's us, a bit louder than last time. And we're here with the news again. Take it away! Quick! Who brought that in here? Commander carries on after canopy catastrophe. Who ate all the plant-based pies? Are vegans in danger of extinction? We are all buck naked. Galaxy's not the same place it was yesterday. HS 5060 pokes into Tharg's arcs. Lou's going on and on about something or another. And Norma's got very little on her hands. Commander Deadmeat GF, long-standing naughty step trucker, he's not allowed to sit on it as he's still in the doghouse, experienced a bizarre accident in his Diamondback late last week. Whilst sleeping between missions, alarms and klaxons woke him and on hauling himself to the cockpit, he discovered that his canopy had gone from crystal clear with barely a smear 
to the kind of spider-woven web pattern most favoured by the pyjama silk space spiders of Arachi Zoo. The only evidence, other than a clear impact point on the inside of his screen, was the shattered remains of his treasured shit-tier mug, a parody item designed to poke fun at the fake mug rackets that appeared in late 3302. With shipboard sensors showing no internal movement overnight, his logs did show a passing security vessel attempted a scram. Yes, a scan and ram manoeuvre in the wee small hours of the morning. Using a series of complicated computer simulations, hazy memories of where his mug was, and of course a significant amount of guesswork, he was able to determine that the rear ramming action of the authorities caused his mug to accelerate backwards, whereupon it caught in the cargo webbing and was catapulted forward with extreme force into his canopy. We would like to remind Hutton Truckers that fake mugs can be detrimental to your health and your bank balance. A genuine Hutton mug would not have shattered at this point, as it's made from ship-grade frameship shit, though loss of the handle has been known to occur. With carefully crafted edges on the mug, the Hutton variety is suitable for unsecured use, even in combat situations, and guaranteed not to crazy pave your glaze. With recent Galnet News articles, Commander Waterspoon reads them so we won't hear, regarding the potential food crisis in the old worlds, our very own Snuggles McKeague, agronomist, <laughs> agronomist and suggestively shaped vegetable winner 3303 and 3304, has been carrying out an in-depth in- investigation into exactly how the galaxy feeds itself. With humanity having expanded to thousands of worlds in the bubble, his investigation centred around exactly what everyone eats, where it comes from, and does everyone eat those nasty food pellets and space goop that seem to be the staple aboard every ship? Is a meat-free vegan diet the only way that humanity has survived in the 34th century? The answer is no. With over 1,400 Earth-like worlds and water worlds within 150 light-years of Sol, we've done the calculations and only 75 of them are needed to feed the entire galaxy on a diet of bacon, sausages, steak, chicken drumsticks, prawn vindaloo, goat curry and in fact just about anything that walks on the land, swims in the seas and doesn't have opposable thumbs. Oh, and the odd bit of bread to mop up the gravy. So where is the emergency? It appears that despite an appeal in 3304 by Commander Blaine Crichton of Angley Imperial Enterprises, no one bothered using more than one grain variety of grain anywhere in the galaxy, despite variations in gravity, soil chemistry and sunlight. Which means it is entirely likely that your net burger that your next burger may have to be eaten without a bun. We're anticipating that the latest crop failure is likely to leave Deso, Orev and nearby systems short. Fat prices for foodstuffs, because of course the spare growing things go to feed all the cows, will rise. Gin supplies will dwindle and there will be much wailing and gnashing of teeth mainly because they haven't got a nice firm bun to munch on. 
Of course, conspiracy nuts are already suggesting that it's a revenge attack by Thark the Mighty, who, after scoffing many human popsicles, has worked out what we eat. It gives him terrible gas. And targeted directly in revenge for the mushroom incident of 3151, which led to them all going off in a soak with bellyache, a bit like the forums. Hutton believes that the problem is one of distribution. There are enough farms out there to keep everyone in onion barges and beef wellington for the next thousand years. It's all just a matter of trucking, which is handy, as that's what we do best. The food pellet thing appears to have been a mix-up. They're actually been stock biscuits. Hutton Orbital Radio investigative journalists have been out and about this week trying to discover just how it's possible for ships to change paint jobs whilst out in the black, whilst at the same time not being able to repair your current paint job if it gets damaged. We went to the Pilots' Federation as our first port of call, giving that it's their currency. Ark's paint coins have been mined in direct competition to the credits issued by the Bank of Zeons that is used to purchase paint jobs. The Pilots' Federation were not exactly forthcoming, muttering things such as, it's a secret, magic, and go ask Ed. Undaunted, we sought out some of the galaxy's finest engineers since they were used to rummaging around beneath the hood, as it were, and they were the best people to help us find our goal. This is the report from one such engineer who was asked to remain anonymous, lest the Pilots' Federation send in some Momus box spaniels to, um, revoke their privileges with extreme prejudice. It appears that with the latest remote update to everyone's ship systems, the Pilots Federation has been able to grant pilots local access to a livery programming unit, which controls a layer of paramagnetic paint on the ship's hull. Paramagnetic paint is a byproduct from void opal refineries and has the unusual property that its colour can be changed by varying the frequency of an electrical signal sent to the hull. Now, Although electronics can be used to change the colours, once the paramagnetic paint has been damaged by cosmic rays, beam lasers or just careless piloting, it requires a trip to outfitting. The polychromatics don't stop there, with engine colours, laser colour tuning and commander outfits all being able to be changed at the drop of a hat. It has long been known that outfits and costumes for pilots are hollow projected, as are the ship kits applied to your vessel, and the management software now lets you choose this season's fashion or a new spoiler to suit your mood. What we did find was that the Hollow Me flight suit is actually a hard light hologram. Previous attempts to create a 3D printed suit were abandoned when it was found that each suit would take about two weeks to print. In order for the hard light hologram to function correctly, each pilot is required to start naked, and the light bee is then placed somewhere upon your person in a very secure location. A larger format device is used for ship kits applied to your vessel. Have you won a Hutton decal by being a top trucker, but aren't going to be back in the bubble for a year? Worry not, you can now apply it forthwith. There have been many changes in the galaxy this week. Much has been said recently about the cooperative effort between ship manufacturers Falcon de Lacey, Lacon Spaceways, Gudamea, Sal Kruger and Core Dynamics. But when they decided that what all new pilots needed was what has been described as a creepy invisible person in the cockpit to hold pilots' hands, 
when they first take out their shiny new ships, Hutton Orbital Radio does not condone in-ship stalking. But we wondered if this sudden creation of many new jobs was a way of making the galactic employment figures look better. But what about experienced pilots? Have there been no improvements for them? Nothing could be further from the truth. Whilst fitting the secret compartments for invisible truck buddies, the ship manufacturers have worked alongside the Pilot Federation to vastly improve the experience for jaded, scarred, and usually drunk pilots. The advances are, of course, too numerous for us to cover them all. But here are the highlights. There is no longer a risk of your Hutton Orbital decal appearing the wrong way round, thus making it appear that you'd earned it with a loop of shame. From here on in, if you are mapping a planet and the wrong one appears blue, it's your Mets, not the scanner. You can no longer improve your chances in battle by continuously shouting orders at your fighter's pilot. They now get all snappy and say, heard you the first time. Mamba pilots no longer have to get out of their ship and hit the landing gear with a big mallet to make it retract. Mines will now arm in two seconds, thus making it less likely that your enemy has flown right past them before they activate. Previously, mines took five seconds to activate, which was due to health and safety gone mad. So what if mines used to activate in your hold before you could push them out and half the time you blew, it blew yourself to smithereens? Well, that was half the fun. The targeting computer has been improved, so that you will find your targets to attack when undertaking massacre and assassination missions. This fix has been applied to all ships galaxy-wide, so you can no longer expect to be interdicted and find that the pirate does not turn up to the party. We understand that it is now more likely that scans will reveal high-grade emissions and non-human signal sources. Could this be the harbinger of a return of Tharg the Mighty? Finally, and most importantly of all, the issue that has incensed our listener more often than any other, the date of Atticus Abelan Duval's ascension to the throne has been corrected on the Taurus Beacon. Hello? Hello? Is this thing on? Hang on, hang on a second. I'm going to, going to pour a drink. Okay, it's it's me, Cecil. Yeah, I've got a very, very important message from Mr. Atrus5060. He says, Good evening, uh, truckers. Atrus5060 reporting in. Well, it's not him, it's me. It's me reporting in for him once again with Canon Research. They're lovely over there. They got tinfoil and biscuits and everything. Their latest intel on the Thargoids. With the introduction of a new currency, it's exciting, called Arx from the Bank of Zeons. I, I, I spent a penny once. The, the Targoids were keen to earn their fair share of Arx uh, to finally repaint some of their ships to better disguise them as human vessels. Uh, drinking vessels uh, for the mug uh, in a mug. Yeah. <laughs> 
According to the Bank of Zeon's officials, I was talking about them a minute ago, a new account was opened under the name Tharg, where massive amounts of arcs were deposited and then spent, which has led to massive amounts of tinfoil in the Gnosis stores to be used up with boffins at the cannon, hippo, hopopopo, popopothy, Hypothesizing, hypothesizing, that's the right one, that Thargoids were successful in their plan to disguise themselves. So be on the lookout, trackers, for ships with interesting paint jobs and ship IDs written uh, in a strange language. It could be English, it, it could be French, it's quite strange. This could be the enemy in disguise, luring us into a trap with their seven-week hernia. Uh, sorry, hiatus. Anyway, anyway, that's enough for me. Um, good luck out there, and Atrus5060 says, uh, for the mug. I think the next bit I'm supposed to push a button. Somebody find it for me. Oh, hang on a second. I need a drink. Give me a minute. I think I found it. Hang on. Oh, it's broken. It's this one. Accessing Hexcomb briefing channel. Authenticating. Access granted. Incoming message from Hexcomb. Hello, you have reached Andy Zeno Wing Unified Central Command. Thargoid activity continues to be limited to the Pleiades and which had nebula systems. No new attacks have occurred. The Eagle Eye Network continues to show Thargoid activity in uninhabited systems. So stay alert Hackswing, but for now stick to your regular activities. Okay Riley, that should do it. Sir, are you sure about who's setting up an automated briefing like this? Listen, it's been seven weeks and Tharg's done nothing. He's given up, gone into hiding. Other than trying to hang on to the Pleiades and Witchhead. Hey, did we hear if Vince figured out the issue with Olympic crashes yet? No, far as we know, there's still a chance for the ship computer to crash when Olympic comes in. Dang. Well, guess mining's out for now. Hey, you made sure the voice transmitter was off, right? And Axcom transmission. Defend the mug. No! There's not much to say about the BGS this week. Most of our systems are fairly stable and there's only one order of business. Summoning Commander Rincewind Cymru to Cubicle 3 for the heinous crime of allowing PSPF-LF to roar from a lovely 54% all the way to 66% and dangerously close to expansion. <laughs> Alvin, as you know, has had his fill of expansions. So if you see Commander Rincewind Cymru in the, in the area, Please escort him to Cubicle 3 for punishment detail immediately. So, the order of the day is to drop PSPF-LF2, LP245-10 and WISE 0855-0714 to as close to 50% as possible. No other instructions, Alvin was very clear on that matter. Over in Colonolia, 
Henke's instructions are to work in Eol Procol Centauri and Dorizo only, as the other player faction in tier gets sniffy if we rise above 24%, and we're about to. For the Mug Commanders, and I look forward to a nice clean Cubicle 3 when the Errant Commander is apprehended. Over to Norma for some very exciting news. And that, unfortunately, is all we have for this week, as my in- initiative has upped and left the building. Alright, trackers, Percy Thrasher here. Now I've got a little poem from back in the day. It was done by a chap named Dudley Moore. As I was walking down the street one day, I saw a house on fire. There was a man at an upper story window, screaming and shouting, cause he was sore afraid. We said, jump, you fucker, jump. Jump into this blanket while we are holding, and you'll be all right. He jumped, hit the deck, broke his trucking neck. There was no blanket. Laugh, I nearly shat. I have not laughed that hard since Grandma died. Warranty Mabel caught her left tit in the mangle. We are miserable truckers. Filthy truckers. Arse holes. Thank you very much, Commander. That's an old one, and it's a good one. Just keep a voice in your head 
Flossie told you what to do. Good afternoon, truckers. Percy Thrasher here. Now, normally I'd be out farming barnacles, but sometimes the weather's too cold, so I sit down and read letters from our listeners. Got a nice little one here. Thank you very much to Andrew. I'm not a Hutton trucker. I'm a Hutton trucker's son. I'm only trucking Hutton till the Hutton trucker comes. My wingman is a keeper. He's a very busy man. I try to understand him and I help him all I can. But sometimes in an evening, I feel a trifle dim. All alone, I'm Hutton trucking when I'd rather truck with him. I'm not a Hutton trucker. I'm a Hutton trucker's mate. I'm only Hutton trucking because the Hutton trucker's late. I'm not good at Hutton trucking. I get stuck. Though some truckers find it pleasant, I'd rather truck or duck. Old trucking geese is gorgeous. I can truck a goose with ease. But Hutton trucking's torture because they haven't any grease. I'm not a Hutton trucker. He's gone out on the tiles. He only trucked one mug and I'm sitting here with piles. You have to truck them fresh. If it's fresh, they're not unpleasant. I knew a man in Dunstable who could pluck a filthy trucker. They say the village constable had Hutton trucking sessions with a vicar on a Sunday between the first and second lessons. I'm not a Hutton trucker. I'm a Hutton trucker's mum. I'm only trucking Hutton till the Hutton truckers come. My good friend Godfrey is most adept. He's really got the knack. He likes to have a Hutton truck before he hits the sack. I like to give a helping hand, I gather up the feathers. It's really all our Hutton trucking keeps us paired together. I'm not a Hutton trucker. I'm a Hutton trucker's friend. I'm only Hutton trucking as a means unto an end. My wingman's in the Hazres, always banging with his gun. If he could hear me half the time, I'm sure that he would run. For there's fluff in all my crannies, there's feathers up my nose, and I'm itching in the kitchen, from my head down to my toes. I'm not a Hutton trucker, I'm a Hutton trucker's wife. And when we truck together, it's a Hutton trucker's life. Thank you very much, Commander. That's an old one. It's a good one. Galnet News Digest, 19th of September 3305. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, Commander's Strike over Derisory Pay Award. The Arcs capsizes. Palin's teleportation trick fails to amuse. 
Blackadder interdicts miners. Commander changes livery at Beagle Point. Galactic Company shovels shit. Commander strike over derisory pay award. Pilots Federation members are refusing to work following what they describe as a derisory pay award. The Pilots' Federation, which until yesterday did not pay its commanders at all, initiated a scheme that rewards members with tokens that can be exchanged for cosmetic items such as paint jobs and decals. However, after working out that the weekly cap on such earnings is not quite enough to buy a small bag of a salted dry roast bar snack, a vocal minority of commanders declared that they were not willing to work for peanuts, despite previously working for nothing at all. The Pilots' Federation has politely suggested that any commanders that are not enjoying flying around the galaxy might find a more satisfying experience and better wages if they take a job as a burger flipper at the local branch of McThargoids. Meanwhile, more enterprising commanders have discovered that simply selling and buying back high-value ship modules can earn the weekly 400 arcs limit in a little under 10 minutes. The Arcs Capsizes The new Arcs currency was removed from circulation yesterday, less than an hour after it had been launched. Reasons for the move were unclear, although it may be something to do with enterprising commanders repeatedly buying and selling expensive ship modules. The store, where arcs can be exchanged for paint jobs and decals, also stopped working, although this may have been a result of the Bank of Zeon's servers being overloaded by the rush of commanders buying ship kits at the astoundingly reasonable price of eight arcs. In further bad news, the livery configuration screen became a Hotel California that you could enter but never leave. And the Pilots' Federation logging in screen became a new spinning sidewinder. Rumours that a gang of thieves were stealing engineered modifications from lockups in a number of major stations turned out to be false, as were rumours that exploration data was going missing. These apparent discrepancies were later attributed to a database synchronization moving at the speed of an Arcturan Mega Camel. Palin's teleportation trick fails to amuse. <music> Professor Ishmael Palin's mysterious decision to move from Maya back to the bubble has been explained. It turns out that the posse professor has developed instant matter transport, and he wants to demonstrate it to his unwitting clients. Commanders who spend the night at Palin's new base in the Ark system are finding that they mysteriously wake up several hundred light-years away at Palin's old base in Maya. This is clearly handy if you want to visit the Pleiades, but at least some of those treated to Palin's party trick were heading in completely the opposite direction and are less than amused. In possibly related news, the entire Cinder Dock, together with engineer Chloe Sedesi, has vanished completely. Professor Palin is remaining tight-lipped about where he's hidden his protégé. Black Adder interdicts miners. 
Environmental activists are reported to be interdicting miners, preventing them from benefiting from their plunder of the natural galaxy. As soon as the first fragment of loot touches the miners' cargo hatch, the vigilantes, reported to be flying a black adder and a scarlet crate, swoop in to intervene. The galactic authorities are investigating these interventions and a related set of crimes committed by the Orange Sidewinder, which is interdicting commanders elsewhere in the galaxy. Commander changes livery at Beagle Point. A commander was yesterday reported to have changed his ship livery while at Beagle Point. Taking advantage of the relaxation of union rules surrounding the painting of ships, the commander, who cannot be named for legal reasons, is reported to have been delighted at the prospect of sprucing his ship up with a new lick of paint. Shortly afterwards, the same commander was threatening to sue the Pilots' Federation when he discovered that the new paint job was every bit as scratched, peeling and tatty as the old one. Galactic Company Shovels Shit A galactic institution is delivering a brand new form of fertiliser according to its own press release. The venerable Rockforth Corporation thinks that it has a solution to galactic food shortages in the form of its new wonder product, EX7 Fertiliser. During its initial release, its use will be monitored closely and for this reason it is currently available only at Marshall Dock in Reedquat at a special introductory price. Commanders are urged to acquire some of this very special form of bio-waste while stocks last. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News! Commander Wotherspoon reads it so that you don't have to. Truckers. Percy Thrasher here. Now, normally I'd be out farming barnacles, but sometimes the weather's too cold, so I sit down and read letters from our listeners. I remember the time that the pirates had run out of newbies to fire it. They decided to stoop to join in a group and attacking them all whilst in private. Now Mobius wasn't impressed. He took it as quite a bad jest. He spoke to Frontier. We don't want their sort here. They replied, we're doing our best. So some players found quite a solution to deliver some fast retribution. They started an action to attack the crew's faction. Not entirely the right resolution. Run, run.
them up, let me fly all over the space. Point to two light years crossed at a hell of a pace. Just turn the wheel and keep that smile on your face. Maybe someday soon you'll be a top trucker. Howdy there, Chuggers. It's old Buck Naked, spokesman for Lakecon Spaceways, back again for this week's Hutton Top Trucker. How do we keep up with your shenanigans while you tootle around in the Milky Way? Why, we install this little piece of software called the Hutton Helper in your spaceship. If you ain't already got it installed, you can install it yourself, relatively pain-free, by going to the website Hot. .forthemug.com Almost as pain-free as letting Snoz be my audio engineer. So let's get on to our top truckers from last week. Yeehaw! From the Explorers, jumping around like they have noisy crickets in a field, Commander Deadmeat GF took the lead with exactly 65,800 light years jumped. Okay, there's a .03 on the end of that, which I felt like rounding off for him, since he's a little round himself. The leader in destroying up the Don's dastardly desperados this week is Commander One Cat, with 33.5 million credits earned and accounted for. He's also leading the pack again as our top mission trucker this week, with 3,433 mission points earned. Miss Lale says you've earned a free meal at McThargoids, one cat. Keep up that good work. Hauling cargo like a hutton trucker auto, Commander Montgomery Python transported and sold almost 154,000 tons this week. Keep on trucking, Commander. Driving the Hutton High Speed Rail this week, Commander One Cat hauled 1,883 passengers around the galaxy. That's three mentions for this cat this week. And that's one cat that don't bask in the sun on the windowsill all day, I tell you. Our fastest run to Hutton Orbital is held by Commander Rampage 737 in one hour, 22 minutes, and 40 seconds. But the fastest run in this month of September is held by Commander Malice XR3 in one hour and 24 minutes even. If y'all think you got what it takes to beat these scores, then download the Hutton Helper and get to flying, Commander. You want to hear your name on this here radio station? Make sure you got the Hutton Helper installed. Pick it up on the web at hot.forthemug.com and get to trucking. And don't forget, if you do hear your name called out and you ain't already got one, Get in touch with us to get your very own Hutton decal for your ship. Hutton Top Trucker, brought to you by Lacon Spaceways. The only ships in the galaxy that come with free arcs that must first be found in a hidden compartment. <laughs> Good luck. Hello, truckers. It's Percy Thrasher here. Now, it's been a little while since we last had a poem from our listeners. 
I've been busy farming my barnacles, but they all ran out, so I've been waiting for them to grow back. This little ditty came in the other day. It's called Hutton Cargoes. Huge Type 9 of Ashinar from distant Empire, cruising home to Haven in sunny Alden with a cargo of composites and ales and separators, regulators and Centauri Megagen. Stately Hutton Beluga docking at an Orbis, dipping through the rings by a gas giant shores with a cargo of diamonds, lipidolite, niobium, arsenic and mosionite and jadeite ores. Dirty pirate cutter with a sun cake paint job. Button through the toast rack in a mad CG with a cargo of bio-waste, shock mounts, onion head, polymers, data cores and Fujin tea. Lovely little poem. I'm getting back to my barnacles. <coughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that's the end of the show. Everybody's buggered off now, so why don't you bugger off too? Get off my land!